Hello and welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today we're discussing Dishonored. I'm your host Marcus and joining me today as always are the homies. First off, we got Trevor. Um, not Pendleton, just, not, just in case y'all are wondering. Not Pendleton. And then last but not least, we have the homie Greg. What's going on? What's going on? Uh, what you guys been up to? How, how you guys been treating the last month? Uh, just, uh, you know, watching the world go to, uh, go to shit outside of that, <laughs> trying to, uh, trying to stay safe and, uh, you know, that's about it. You been, what you been playing? Uh, honestly, a lot of Borderlands 3, uh, I've been pretty much cracking out on that game over the last, like, you know, two, three months. Uh, a lot of that, uh, Dishonored, you know, we played that for this, but also after finishing that, I started up Dishonored 2, so... That okay, uh, <laughs> that kind of tells you how much I enjoyed this game. Okay. Putting in a bid for a bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you, Trevor? Um, really been playing Untitled Goose Game. That's about it. Because um, my daughter's gotten used to sitting and watching me play video games now, so she couldn't really watch Dishonored, or at least I didn't want to let her watch Dishonored. You just gotta do stealth runs. <laughs> there you go. So, so anytime she came in while I was playing it, I would just switch to Untitled Goose Game and, and, and let her quack at the, the goose. <laughs> um, I, I've been playing um, obviously Dishonored, and then um, a bunch of uh, Ace Attorney, what is it, the second one, um, Attorney of I don't remember. Uh, at law, I think it's attorney at law. Maybe I'm knocking that out. And um, I played some Overcooked two uh, earlier today with the homie. And I think I might try to get back into playing some Overcooked online. So yeah, um, this is Greg's game for the month of June. So I will let him take it away so he can introduce the game. Okay. Um, so. I don't really have a good reason why I picked it other than I think I've tried to put it on the list a few times and it just didn't make it. So I was like, you know what? Yeah. Second or third time or however many it is, it's charm. So let's, uh, let's go for it and see. Um, but yeah, it's been something that's always been on my, uh, list of games I wanted to get around to just cause it, it looked cool. Uh, so now we have the opportunity. Um, so a little bit about the game. Uh, Dishonored is a first-person action-adventure game that focuses on stealth. Uh, this game is set in a fictional city named Dunwall and follows the story of a bodyguard for the Empress of the Isles named Corvo Atano. Uh, Corvo is framed for the murder of the Empress and after becomes an assassin who gains magical powers and is aided by a resistance group known as the Loyalist. <clears throat> um, Arcane Studios was the developer for this title. Uh, it was published by Bethesda. They were founded in 1999 and based out of France, uh, but opened up a second studio in Texas in 2006. They had previously only released a handful of titles, uh, which didn't see huge success or strongly positive reviews, so Dishonored was really the title that put them on the map. During its three years of development, Dishonored would see multiple changes including setting, but also the inclusion of powers. Uh, testers would find ways of exploiting the available powers, for unexpected outcomes, and rather than restricting these techniques, Arcane decided to redesign the levels around these new tactics found. Uh, Dishonored was released on October 9th, 2012 on PC, PS3, and Xbox 360. It was positively received by publications with around an 89 on Metacritic and at the time of re- at, oh, excuse me, at the time of release. 
Uh, the plot of the game did receive some polarizing responses, uh, but most found the freedom given to players to complete the missions to be the main attraction of the title. Uh, the game was later released on Xbox One and PS4 three years later on August 2015. And that's all I got really for the uh, background of this. Alright, so uh, what what did you end up playing it on and had you played this game before? I played on a PC and no, I hadn't played it before. So it's like, what, the first game we've ever... <laughs> yeah, I think so. First game I've never actually played before, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Three years down. <laughs> what about you, Trevor? What did you play on? Um, Have you played this before? So, yeah, I guess I'm taking Greg's position on this. Um, I did play this, and I got through, like, the first two levels. Um, I started on 360, so I decided to try to finish it on 360 this time. <clears throat> Okay, and I, I also, um, I think, I, um, I had never played this before, um, and I played it on 360. I think I had gotten it from, like, the Games with Gold. Uh, it was free one month. I think that's yeah, how I, think I got so. it. So, I was like, yeah, sweet opportunity. This was an opportunity to play. I have a ton of games saved on my uh, 360 hard drive that I just never touched because the Games with Gold and stuff that's in my download queue because my hard drive's too full. So, this was, like, an opportunity to, like check something off and potentially make room for something else. So, so appreciate it, Greg. <laughs> no problem. Um, so, uh, yeah, this game, um, I, I, what did you guys, I guess, Greg, since you hadn't played it before and you said you didn't, like, there was no particular reason like at all, <laughs> yeah. It's like you. It's like I had this game downloaded. I wanted to like play it. Like you know, what I'm saying. Like I, anything. I had heard. I had heard good things about it, and I remember watching uh, the quick look that John Bomb had done on it, and it was like, oh, it looks cool, but I, it just I never felt like a huge rush to get to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it was just kind of one of those things. Is like. You know, it would seem like a good time to play it, and then I just never get around to it. So, was it anything kinda... like particular, like oh, like I feel like playing this genre, or just no? I mean, I, I like stealth games. Um, it's just like I don't know. Like there was just no reason. Like there was just nothing about the game that was making me, you know, that was giving me a sense of urgency. Like oh, I need to go play this right gotcha, now. You know gotcha. what I mean? Okay. Well, I appreciate you picking this game. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just say it like that. Um, yeah, like, um, I, I don't have anything, I don't know how to start this, um, Trevor, why, uh, for you, how come you ended up only playing the first two levels and then stepping away? Um, you just get tied up with something else? Well, I'm not a huge fan of stealth games, and it's funny because, well, I guess it's not true that much anymore, but I'm a huge fan of the Assassin's Creed franchise. <laughs> not no which, more. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, it's I like not really stealth. Any, it is no. I mean, by that I meant it's not really stealth anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of an, an action game. Um, but even the stealth elements that were in like the earlier Assassin's Creed games weren't enough to deter me from playing it. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, you know, it's almost anxiety-inducing. Really. Dude, I like just like Greg was talking about like before we started recording, because of how long some of these levels can get, mm-hmm. like I more so worry about making a mistake earlier on 
that's going to affect the entire gameplay throughout that level and then wanting to to redo it and it's gotcha. more so because of like I knew that I knew about the chaos system and I guess we'll talk about that in the episode yeah, but yeah. Um, because I already knew about that then that's kind of what gave me a little bit of anxiety playing it it's cuz I was worried about that okay okay so it's funny cuz both of you guys have called this game a stealth game and it it is a, like there is stealth elements in this game right but I don't really feel like this game is a like true stealth game. Like if anything, this is like it made this game made me think of the Batman series, the Arkham series. Cause it's like you go into I think that is a stealth game. You do? I mean there's times where you do have to do stealth, but you could also just scrap it out sometimes it, in that game. Yeah, like you you know the like the missions where you like go into a facility and like they have all those like gargoyle like high up things and you gotta kind of take out everybody in the room in a specific order or like you know you gotta leave this person last like I kind of feel like this game has a little bit of that where it's like okay I'm trying to get here but there's all these other elements you know either um, doing their routes or whatever around this area of interest that I need to get to and like you can choose to sneak by them or you can literally go in guns blazing as well like I, I I I guess maybe did you guys solely like try to do like the peaceful, non-violent method of this game. Um, maybe like the first half of the game, I was kind of going hard a bit, uh, but later on, well, actually, I take that back. I think I started out being kind of aggressive with like how I dealt with enemies, and then I dialed it back, and then towards the end, once I had more powers. And then, like, once I realized that killing the uh, the enemies towards the end wasn't affecting the, uh, uh, what was that system chaos, again? The chaos. Yeah, it wasn't affecting the chaos. So I was like, okay, it doesn't really matter now. Mm-hmm. I can just kind of go, go ham and it's not a big deal. Okay. And then, I guess you are also that same way, Trevor, because I think when we talked earlier, you were trying to have, like, a low or no chaos Yeah, I was, I was going for low chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, I didn't realize... Like that meant zero kills, and so oh. I, I'm, I'm guessing was this game like the first game to implement a chaos system? I think other games have done it before, where like I forget what it what it would be called and something else, but like uh, I guess for lack of a better term, like a morality thing, where like the more times you kill somebody, you might or kill enemies, you might get a worse ending or something like that, or and it might change the way people, you know. Well, I think it even goes a little bit beyond just, like, the morality in this game because from what I understand with the chaos in this game, the more violent or more enemies you kill means there's more bodies, which means there's more rats, Uh, which means also there's more, like, there's going to be more enemies in later levels because you're present, like, you you have a bigger presence. So, like, you're you're playing this, this character who's basically like a... Uh, a, a faceless assassin and the opposing forces um, shoot uh, uh, who is it uh, the regent and a uh, high overseer and the city watch I think that's what they call the police or it's the city watch they are more aware of you if you're killing a bunch of people so there's going to be more people on patrols in later levels so it's not just like what ending do you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I was gonna or, say. It's or not, who, who do you want to die? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't it? Um, 
add more of the uh, those. They're not undead enemies. I don't weepers, know what you call them. Weepers. Yeah, doesn't yeah. add more of them as well if you uh, you have high chaos. Yeah, yeah. So like with higher chaos, you'll have more likely to have more rats, more weepers, and more uh, city watch on patrol. So um, I don't know if they're more aggressive or anything like that, um, but. I had high chaos from the first level. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, um, yeah, um, I, I thought that system was really cool, but I also, like, later on in the game, I tried to do better about being non-lethal, um, but I don't think it really affected my chaos, so I think it was, like, set after uh, the first couple of levels. So I don't think having a, um non-lethal couple of levels affected my chaos rating after a while. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, so, like, I guess the, also the so the reason why I was kind of pushing back a little bit on the, 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 the stealth is because, like, the way this game is set up, like, there, I think it just... I see a lot of through lines in this game to just a lot of other games that I played. And, like, I mentioned the Arkham Asylum before, but I remember when me and I had first started and I was talking about it. I think, Trevor, you said something about Bioshock. Oh, yeah. Like, this game combines... Well, to me, it combines some of my favorite elements of from Bioshock, the Bioshock series and Assassin's Creed, at, at least with the traversal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with, I know for me, I was the ones I was getting heavy vibes were... Um, um, I, I, in the beginning, I was thinking this game reminds me a lot of Mass Effect, the first Mass Effect, and uh, Assassin or Arkham Asylum, like I said. But like Mass Effect was because um, I thought that um, after the first, I think the first two or three levels, you revisit that that same city, and I thought that was going to be a hub world in the sense of like the Citadel. Mm-hmm. So I thought that you were going to constantly go back to this level to branch off into the each of the next mission or whatever. Um, it ended up not, not being the case, but I, I was kind of, like, thinking the pub was going to be, like, the Normandy, kind of, like, this is your safe haven, and then that um, city that the granny lives in and that the thugs were in, uh, I thought that was going to be, like, the Citadel, but after a couple of levels, then I was, I realized the error of my ways, but I also thought, like, the the aesthetic of it being, like, almost like a steampunk, uh, this game is kind of like a steampunk Victorian aesthetic, and that also kind of gave me some Bioshock vibes mm-hmm. as well, just the, the art style. Uh, what did you guys think of, like, just how did you guys feel about the world and the environment? I had the same opinion as you. You know, it has that Victorian um, kind of style, like, even though you get, like, real London-type vibes, everybody speaks English, kind of, like, without an accent, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember what they said um, it was based on. Uh, the city of Dunwall is based on. Uh, I forgot. I can't remember ex- exactly um, what it's based on, but um, but yeah, I, I really get those vibes, especially um, with the architecture and the clothing that the, yeah, the clothing people are wearing sure. and the weapons that you use. Oh, from what I said, I saw they were saying uh, Dunwall was a steampunk city. Seventeen is a lot of what I saw because people like I guess the people that worked on this game were some of the original level designers for Half Life Two. Mm. So uh, there's some like history between those two games. 
as well. People working on the Half-Life engine. Um, yeah, uh, is, is Greg there? Yeah. What did you think about the aesthetic? Uh, Just the environment? It was, uh, it was fine. I, I didn't think, uh, I guess, um, I didn't feel one way in particular about it. I guess it was, a. Uh, yeah, I guess that's all I got to say about it. To be honest, like it, was it, just, it, it fit the setting. I guess, right? I, I, I liked it. Um, the there was a bunch of collectible. Like one of the things that I really dug about this game is like normally, and this is probably like around when people were kind of changing how they felt about it. But like I feel like Bioshock kind of popularized like audio logs, and this game had a little bit of that in it, but it didn't make it a big deal about like being a collectible. And they also had a lot of books in this game that were with walls of text, with too, too walls many. of text, and like yeah. it, it was all to build lore. So mm-hmm. you could take in as much as you would as you wished. You know, like you could look at every single book and like kind of you know just see what's going on in this world and everything that mundane stuff like recipes, letters to people. Um, actual stories written in this world, um, all types of things. Like there's uh, manuals on how to operate heavy machinery. Um, the, the, the the society of Dunwall um, they use um, whale oil for a lot of things. It's what gives. Um, it's what makes their city run. So like ex- like the whaling is huge uh, business. So like um, how, like just. Things about that, how to extract oil, like people, like sailor stories, like all types of things. And the, I guess we haven't really talked about it, but one of the reasons why it felt like, like this, this is a Victorian steampunk aesthetic. So like we're thinking like what the 18, 1800s, early 1900s. Um, and uh, people are dressed that way, but they're currently, or they're on, uh, uh, there's a, outbreak a plague that's going on that's um i guess uh rats are super infectious and um they are spreading these diseases so everything's in a really dire uh state and uh, a lot of people are 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 dying um (laughs) um so it's it's led to um a lot of people like being holed up in their cities and houses um uh what else? Um, there's a there's a really big uh, divide in like the aristocrats, aristocrats and the uh, good uh, movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a really big divide between the wealthy uh, people that run of high society that run cities and whatever versus the poor people. And so, like, you have literally people living in like squalor and like even living in. Um, uh, sewers and things and like I kind of like maybe it's because of the COVID seeing this game through a COVID lens but I was like I was thinking like are the weep like the weepers are a class of characters that are super wigged out and it's almost like they are they have the disease and they're like slowly succumbing to it um and it's um they kind of just are out in the open in this like Obviously, they got uh, infected because they were out and about and not in their house or anything like that. And then you also have high society people that are congregating together and just doing things that they want to do and, like, going on as if 
the world is still normal. Um, I thought that was <laughs> really interesting, especially in these quarantine times. <laughs> Quarantines. Um, so, uh, you guys want what you guys want to tackle first, like the the mechanics, I guess, or like the the combat, or what do you guys want to talk about? Uh, I guess start with the uh, mechanics. So, the game gives you, like, gadgets, I guess you could say. So you have, like, what, a pistol and a crossbow, I think. And then you have, like, an assassin's blade. And then you also, um... And each of those are... They can be upgraded. There's a a inventor uh, that you can meet that he can upgrade your gear. Uh, So we're talking things like you can uh, increase the amount of bullets your pistol can hold... Uh, your reload speed, the damage it does. Uh, with your crossbow, you can upload or increase the reload speed and the accuracy, uh, the range it has. Um, you get other types of um, uh, special shots. So you have like a you know like a, just a normal crossbow. Then you have a crossbow that's like a sleep dart, and then you also have a crossbow that uh, is incendiary, so it can catch things on fire. And then you also have some other gadgets uh, like a grenade uh, that you can cook before you throw. And, like, these trip mines, if you're being followed, they kind of, like, explode and give off a lot of shrapnel. Uh, how do you guys feel about the gear? Did you guys use it a lot? Yeah, uh, for the most part, man. I think, uh, like I said, early on, it was just mostly just the blade. But uh, later on, I definitely was using the crossbow a lot um, and just mixing that with the powers for the most part. Yeah, and, like, for the, the gadgets and everything, this was mostly, like, Lethal. I think besides the sleep dart, every other method was like you were purposely trying to be lethal. I guess like some enemies would take more than one shot, like if they had armor or like a crossbow. If you didn't um, power it up, maybe they would take two crossbow shots. But for the most part, all these were designed to kill. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What about you, Trevor? Oh, yeah. Um, My favorite was probably the sleep dart. Yeah. <laughs> um, just because, like, you can you can keep it equipped. I like the fact that um, you could have the crossbow equipped on your left hand, and then still have your blade on the right yeah, hand. Yeah, blade always active in the right hand, and then the crossbow or pistol, or if you were using your power, would be in the left hand. So you always had your blade at the ready, um, and then they also kind of with the blade too you have the the option of swinging and then you also have like a counter or like a it was really a block but if you timed it right it became a parry and it would make the uh enemy um stumble or a little bit off guard so it would be easier to deal a lethal blow on them and i i don't know i i really did enjoy combat i thought it was really cool um it's very interesting because having been used to playing like this game strikes me like kind of some of the games we've already name dropped the assassin's creed the arkham asylum so uh, this is my first time playing a game with combat that to me is reminiscent of those games in first person so i thought that combat when when i realized that this game was a first person game i was pretty apprehensive that i wasn't gonna like combat but i i actually did and liked it more than i thought i would I don't know if you guys had any type of misgivings or apprehension. Uh, no, not really. O- outside of just that initial thing of 
you know, when I play stealth games, I'm always worried I'm just doing everything wrong and it's just all going to come like crumbling down at some point. So, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it to be honest. Um, and then, then you also have, uh, as Greg alluded a little bit earlier, uh, abilities or powers that you get from, what is the guy's name? I think he's the, the outsider. The outsider. So you have this weird like tattoo on your left hand. And uh, basically, this this guy, from what I've read, um, he appears. He's a supernatural being who exists in and outside of reality and has the ability to imbue people with a special mark. And this mark gives them access to a range of special powers. And so, in order to get these powers, you have to purchase them with these runes. I think these whale runes or bone runes, something like that. And these are these collectibles that you can find throughout the uh, each level, and um, you're basically like kind of uh, unlocking abilities, and like the abilities are pretty diverse. Um, you can do like quote unquote passive stuff, like um, just increasing your health, um, uh, or just allowing your character to jump higher, take less fall damage, or um, even just to actual abilities and like powers where I think the the one that they give you in the game is the blink ability which is basically like a, a, a like a teleport almost is that what you guys yeah. would call it mm-hmm. yeah like it's a, a a range set like a short range teleport that doesn't use that much mana um but then you can upgrade everything to a second level um there's also like an ability to summon rats there's an ability to possess other animals or if you upgrade it you can um possess people there's one to slow down time there's one to like a, a, a like a force push it's like you shoot like a blast of wind um i thought the powers were really really cool and i think this is w- what caused me to have so much fun in this game um what were some of the ones that you guys used and that you liked uh i think i use blink the most uh just the traversal and, one? Yeah, it, it was good for just getting around super quick. So, like, if there was a... a before I had gotten um, the time slow... I forget what it's called, but um, the thing that slowed time... It's been time. Been time, yeah. Been, yeah. So, before I had gotten that, I would use that to kind of, like, dip in and out of situations sometimes. Um, but, like, once I got been time, um, like, maybe halfway through the game, I started figuring out, oh, you can just kind of combine these things, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I would go into bend time, and then uh, if I knew there was, like, a lot of enemies that I was trying to avoid, I would go into bend time, but then use uh, use Blink to get to the area I needed to get to. And, uh, yeah, I mean, those, those are probably the two. Later on, you start using Possession a little bit because you can get to some areas uh, possessing the rats or the fish or whatever. So, um, I use that a few times, but Blink is probably what I use the most. Oh, well, my bad, I lied. Uh, Dark Vision. I use Bruh. That. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, I was about to say, was I, I forgot the about only that. one? <laughs> nah, I, I, I use that so much. I, I, I played this entire game in Dark Vision, and I'm not kidding. I upgraded it to level two, and I played it. Dark Vision gave you the ability to see any living, dead, or unconscious animals and people. You can see their sight cones, and you can see how much sound you're making. And then yeah. when you upgraded it, it would show you where any machinery or traps were, and also where anything of note for you to pick up was. So like any ammo, not like ammo or money or just like items that you needed for the quest. And the best thing was it didn't 
show you where any books were <laughs> so you didn't have to worry about just like oh, running over to a room that you see something glowing and then just being a book you you knew what you needed to go for so i i literally played with dark vision on the entire game <laughs> yeah i forgot how I, how I use that so much but yeah that was definitely one of the go-tos what about you trevor so i use blink of course a lot um just because i mean you can literally get around anywhere and i mean there's so many different utilities for blink you can use it in combat you can use it in reaching um rooms that you know have um collectibles um i also use dark vision of course uh bend time and then here's where i made the mistake was using um um what was it called um, wind blast? Sh- shadow kill where you turn shadow. enemies to ash oh yeah 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 and you I guess like that? well I guess that still negates um, low chaos when you do that oh I didn't know that or, or at least I think it did cause those are the only times like I was getting kills was on unaware enemies gotcha yeah so I I had sh- Shadow Kill. I had upgraded that. I was like, just turn everybody to Ash. Because um, I, because like what I would do is I would incapacitate somebody and then throw them in like a trash can or something. Mm-hmm. And if there was a trash can, so like a lot of times I would, you know, throw them into like a trash can or something. But then if there was no trash can and I was taking out a bunch of enemies, I would throw them together. And sometimes rats would come along and then they would just kill all three dudes. And so like that kind of hurt or made my chaos a lot higher than I wanted to be so then I was just like you know what like if I'm gonna kill people it's like I don't have to worry kill about mo- we don't have to worry about moving the bodies you know <laughs> so I used that and then um I had wind blast that was the first ability I got because I thought it would be really cool um it was fine um I was the one I was I was apprehensive on getting because I was like I don't really see the application of this th- that much you know what I mean so I just the reason that I, I got it was because it wasn't um, as much... It didn't use as much mana as the other two that sounded cooler. You know? Because uh, Possession and Bend Time were, like, super... They were, like, very high mana usage. And I think Wind Blast was, like, medium or, or something like that. So I was like, it's relatively inexpensive and it doesn't use so much mana. So that was my thought process. It, it was good for, like, groups of enemies. Like, if you ran up to, like, three enemies they were talking to each other, then... Just wind blast them, and then you can run up and like stab them before they get up. <laughs> but the, then, okay, okay. you go ahead. Oh no, the the one that I wish was better, or maybe I just didn't find good times to use it, was devouring swarm. Um, I ended up getting that, and it was just like, I mean, it it worked, but like not the way I wanted it to. Like it just creates a, a huge panic, um, and like everybody just comes out and most of the time you had to be fairly close to where you were going to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I could go stand up in like the top of a building and then go like cast it on the ground. I had to be pretty much on the ground and, uh, and do it there, which then that just brings everybody in like, you know, in one spot and I got to try and like run, run away at that point. Yeah. And I like, and I, I so that was the only one I didn't get. Um, cause I, I had dark vision maxed out. I had blink maxed out and I had wind blast. I ended up getting, um, possession, and I thought possession would be really cool because I was like, cool, I can 
possess rats and fish that are level one. So I was like, if I possess a rat, like maybe I can lead a pack of rats to go kill people. That's what I was thinking. Uh, but then it was like no, and then it was, and then I was like, okay, I'll get level two because at least with level two, I can I can possess people. But I didn't think about it. But like as soon as you died with as a possessed character, your character died. Because I was like, I'll just put, possess people and like walk them off a ledge or something like that. Is what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but you couldn't kill them, so then I was just like, oh, like possession sounds way cooler than it than it actually, or at least the things that I was thinking of doing with possession were cooler than the game would let you do. Um, but I did like bend time. I only got the first version of it, but that was really cool, where you could just slow down time and. Just wreak havoc on people, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I freaking the the abilities in this game were super clutch, and I really dug them all. Um, uh, and and they also um, the uh, the other thing the game had was like um, I think they were called bone runes, I think, mm-hmm. and those were like um, augmentations that you could use for your character. And um, I think initially in the beginning of the game, you could have up to four different bone runes. But I think if you maxed it out or upgraded yourself, you could have up to six. And they would do different things. Um, there was some like, oh, like you need to be super close to a, a rat in order to attract it. Um, or like something like your, uh, um, what's it called? Your adrenaline, your adrenaline, um, which you you get a higher adrenaline and like your kills are more brutal and uh, like more likely to get an insta kill when you're in when you have higher adrenaline. So there was one that your adrenaline would tr- uh, basically like a a combo almost like a combo meter where if you kill enough enemies in succession, your adrenaline will be higher and just to make it easier for you to keep that combo going. So there was uh, one that, like, your adrenaline meter uh, depleted slower. There was one, um, uh, the ones, some of the ones I used were, like, faster climbing. Um, there was one that, uh, if you ate food, you would get more health back. There was one, if you turned the water faucet, you would get a little bit of um, mana back. Uh, there was one, if you turned the water faucet, you get health back. Um, there was one, another one I did is when you're choking out somebody, uh, you choke them out quicker. Um, there was one where um, you're, you could swing your sword quicker. Um, you could reload quicker. So there was a lot of different uh, uh, augments that you could have to kind of personalize your playthrough. And this is like literally speaking my language because that is like customizing and being able to like choose my ability, how I want to go into a combat scenario. It's like if we've learned anything about my games that I enjoy playing, the the dead cells, the um, bionic uh, commando, the arm, <laughs> bionic commando, um, and uh, freaking uh, dang, I can't think of the game. Um, Which one that Dante's used? game? Um, that I really liked. Dead cells, transistor. Oh, transistor. Yeah, just like though, like I, some of my favorite games that we played is. Just co- like customizing your your abilities and b- basically going to combat with like how you want to play and being able to do this a game in this game was a huge plus for me and this is like this is one of my favorite games we played for this podcast. So really, uh, yes, yes, and it's crazy because like I agree with you that I do see a lot of 
Bioshock in this game, but for whatever reason, that like this game spoke to me in a, in a way that Bioshock did not. Um, I yeah, I I love this game. I was like, I was looking at my list of the list of games we played, and I was like, this might be like my third favorite game of all the games we played, and they're like. This is definitely my number one for the year right now. And I only compare it to Bioshock because it has that feel of, um, I know it's like a very small subgenre of games, but the immersive sim, mm-hmm. I remember Waypoint had a podcast where they were talking about it like a while back. I think it was around the time we actually played Bioshock Infinite, but you know, it still has that immersive sim gameplay to it, and I think it... It does a lot that some others don't. Maybe, um, what's the big one? Um, um, Prey. Yeah, I think yeah. Was, which they, yeah. so I was looking at the developer and that was a game, that's a series that they worked on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is, I, I guess like I never thought about the immersive sim as like a genre and like, playing a lot of games in, in of that genre but like after playing this game I'm like yo I need to I need to check out uh, some immersive sims, sims another game that I saw that was called out uh, I, I don't know if you saw the Patrick Klepik's review of um, when he was working at Giant Bomb of uh, Dishonored but he immediately called out Deus Ex um, oh yeah um, the, not the not the the original one the 2000 one um, I think it's called Deus Ex Invisible War, I think. Um, but, yeah, like, after reading his review and just, I'm like, I need to get into this genre a little bit more. Because <laughs> I freaking love this game. Uh, yeah. Did you have any, um... Dang, I forgot what I was going to say now. Did you have anything else combat related or anything else that you wanted to call out? Um, me or Greg? Either. Oh. Um, not specifically. Um. Yeah, the, I don't, I can't think of anything else personally. It, it's almost a negative, but it's more so about the enemies in the game. Go ahead. So, it was just, there aren't a lot of variety to enemies, I guess. Mm-hmm. There's only like, what, three types of enemies throughout the whole game. And that's kind of what made it seem like it was a lot longer than it may have been. It's because some of these levels are pretty long. Like, you spend a long time. And I wish this game did have, like, that hub zone that you were talking about. Like, with yeah, the, yeah. the Normandy. Because it, it just feels like some of the levels are just like, man, I could easily just, like, walk from here to there. It doesn't seem that far away, but once you start trying to go around enemies or sometimes through enemies, it can seem like it takes forever just to get to that point of interest. And it kind of gets monotonous taking out enemies, especially if you're going for low chaos. Um, It it gets a little monotonous taking them out the same way. Um, that's, That's really my only gripe about it as far as the enemies um, I, I wish there were other ways to take them out because I mean like in in maybe like first person shooter games you know there are different ways 
like I'm thinking of Destiny right now, but there are like different ways to to take out enemies, like with critical hits. Um, you do not feel that way in this game. I think as as far as stealth, I don't think so. I think you pretty mm-hmm. much just sneak up behind all of them, um, and try not to hear that sound, that anxiety inducing sound out. effect. Yeah, even the enemies that can um. It's it's almost like a blink ability, but they don't use it unless they see you. You talk about the assassin enemies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about it. Everybody else, you can pretty much just sneak up on and and choke them out. I I, I guess I, I can kind of see your complaint about not being there. There's more than three enemy types, but like overall, like overall, there's not that many enemy types, and I agree with that. But then also just like. If you are playing 100% non-lethally, um, you really can only use the sleep dart and choking them out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could get lucky in some cases, too. And, like, if you were to um, uh, do the... Uh, I feel like a couple times I did the um, uh, wind blast, and if somebody hit their head, I feel like sometimes they would get... a uh, um, incapacitated. Yeah, I think even when you if you upgrade it a second time, if they hit a solid object, then it automatically kills them. Okay. Um. But yeah, for the most part, just taking enemies out, it was like you either doing it like there's a, a a plethora of lethal ways of doing it, or just taking them out the non-lethal way. There's only two ways. There's also the ability though, too, or ability, but just. Sneaking past them and not even touching them too, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, there's really there's not a lot of uh, variety in how you take down enemies non-lethally. So I agree with that. One thing I was just thinking about it. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but there's a couple times where you can rewire some of the traps to uh, to basically attack the, the the enemies and not you. Mm-hmm. And I don't think those deaths count against you, which because there was I want to say it's like maybe the the last or the second to last mission, uh, you get an opportunity to do that, and um, as soon as you do it, all the enemies just keep running up to the trap for whatever reason, and I think it had to have killed at least 15 people, but it didn't show up <laughs> as, as hostiles killed, that many hostiles killed, so I'm like, alright, well, maybe it just doesn't count. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, because you're talking about like the electricity trap? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, it's crazy because the other one, if you do that little doorway, which is, like, that force field where, like, they can't shoot through it and you can't, like, if it's anti-you, if you go through it, you immediately melt or disintegrate and you can't shoot bullets or or crossbow bolts through it and they can't either. But if you rewire it, you can go through it. But if they come through it, then they disintegrate. A lot of times what happens is they would be, like, all three of them running at me because I'm just trying to aggro them and then I run through the thing to get them to chase me and as soon as one person ran through the others were like I'm good like <laughs> nope and they would be like running all beside each other but for whatever reason the game would only let one of them go through it it seemed like wow yeah um I don't know I so my method of playing was uh trying to take down people non-lethally uh and then by the end of the game I was like killing everybody but not like I, 
everything went south for me when we got into the the rich people's house. <laughs> That's when the game took a turn. <laughs> um, do you guys want to talk about the missions at all in the game? Yeah, can. There's all right, not, it's not too many of them. Yeah, and we don't we don't have to go like super super in depth. Um, so just kind of giving a little backstory, like Trevor, or like excuse me, like Greg said, you play as Corvo Atano, who's the bodyguard of an empress of the city of Dunwall. Um, there's an industrial revolution going on due to the usage and discovery of this uh, the whale oil, and just basically them harnessing it the way they do. Uh, so at the beginning of the game, there's this plague that's going on, and it's um, a lot of people have died from it. Um, and so the Empress has sent you out to investigate possible uh, solutions for the plague. Um, and shortly after you return, the Empress is killed by these assassins with mystical powers, and her daughter Emily is kidnapped. And you, Corvo, is framed by both her spymaster and the head of the state religion. Um, and then you end up are sitting in jail to await your trial or your execution, I guess. And, uh, a group of people called the loyalists slip you a, uh, a key and you end up, end up escaping. And then you are, um, you meet up with the loyalists, um, uh, impoverished Lord Pendleton, uh, an admiral, disgraced admiral and an overseer. And they basically convert or want you to act as an assassin and like they want you to find Emily because they want to they want to get her back into power because she's the rightful heir um, and to reclaim the throne. And they also just want you to take out the people that have framed you and killed the uh, Empress because um, and and then the way they they have you do it, it, it's kind of like it made me think of um, Crackdown. But it's just like any any game where it's like we can't get we can't touch the high the guy on top, so we gotta touch the people underneath him. So like we're doing things like killing people of power and like kind of weakening the strength of the of this this group and um, basically making him more and more paranoid because you can see by the end of the game the dude is super paranoid because you've killed everybody around him. Um, so I really like the story is. It's it's good, but it's also just not like the best story I've ever experienced in a game. It's kind of like I don't want to say generic. It's interesting, and I really like the lore and everything they built around it, and I like the elements that they included. But it wasn't super like I'm I'm here to see the story all the way through. Do you guys feel? Yeah, that? I can kind of agree with you mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. It, it's like not. It's like a less intensive like Bioshock story. I felt like where it's like yeah, like the story is a thing that is pushing us along but I'm like the gameplay is so fun that I'm enjoying this part of it you know and I think a part of that is is because it does try to deliver all of its lore through books and walls of text rather than audio logs like other immersive yeah, scenes have yeah. done cause I was thinking like if they had forced you to get story beats and everything through the audio logs and books this I don't think the game would be as fun because I feel like you'd be trudging along trying to find those pieces to like piece together story beats and I'm glad it it plays out the way it does and like one of the cool things too is you have like your safe house area which is what's the pub called do you guys remember off the top um with the like something dog hound dog 
This one. Is that right? Uh, hold on. Uh, I forgot. Southern Dog is right, though. I remember that much. But um, you, you can kind of meet... Um, like, even... You can talk to... I mean, not like a, like a whole... Have a whole conversation. It's not like Mass Effect. But you can talk to side characters and um, just NPCs throughout the level and they can kind of give you some valuable insight or just, like, add a little bit of flavor text. Or sometimes there's, like, missions or, or like, other objectives that you can do. The Hound Pits um, Pub. Say what? The Hound Pits Pub. Hound Pits Pub. Okay, cool. And so, like, yeah, like, going there, um, that was where you would end each level, I guess you could say. You'd always return back to the Hound Pits. Um, and just going back there and kind of being able to, like, re- upgrade your, your stuff with Piero... Um, or just being able to um, just walk around and kind of take it take it easy. Uh, there was a couple of things you can collect on that uh, near the Hound Pits as well, like runes and stuff you could find. So um, it, it, it was it was decent. It was decent. Um, and yeah, the the levels. I mean, they're super varied. So like you have. Um, I think the first one is, like, you're just trying to infiltrate the city, and you need to, like... I think that first level, like, the... the um, you have to go into that doctor's office, right? That guy that um, has, like, that secret, uh, like, you see in the movies where you pull the book down off the bookshelf, and it's, yeah, like, a secret yeah. passage. Like, yeah. that dude, that dude's house was really cool. He was, like, a collector, so he had a bunch of stuff in glass cases, and there was people uh, patrolling his, his house, and like there was some cool lore stuff in there. I, I thought that was a, a cool little set piece. Um, the uh, I'm just trying to think of like set pieces. The House of Pleasure, which was like the uh, this the sex house. I don't know what you call it. Like the, the brothel. Is that is that the right word? Yeah, the brothel. Like that level was really cool. Like Pendleton wanted you to take out his two brothers, and uh, they, they were holed up like the aristocrats, and they were holed up at a, a brothel. So having to infiltrate that, figuring out how to get into it first, and there's obviously multiple branching paths of how to get to it. Whether it's like, oh, like I can go the stealth way and sneak in uh, through the sewers, or if I do the side thing, I can connect from this building that's touching it. Or, you know, if I find the invitation in the world, then I can just go through the front door. Like, I, I really dug the different branching paths that this game had in order for, uh, allowed you to do. Um, Did you guys do a lot of the optional objectives uh, yeah. when you had the chance? <laughs> okay. Did you, Trevor? I did a few of them. Um, I, sometimes I wasn't sure which ones were optional. Like, if I mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily paying attention, but... Um, for the most part, I was trying to mainline it until I realized that, um, you know, the optional mission, missions can affect your gameplay too. Like, it can determine like who's alive and yeah, can help yeah. you at certain points in the game. Yeah. So like, and like, there's certain things. Like, there was basically the, the two factions. I guess you could say are the loyalists and the. City Watch. So the City Watch is led by the people that betrayed the Empress and the people that tried to um, frame you. And then the Loyalists are the people that are on the outs that are trying to regain, like they agreed and aligned with the Empress and they're trying to re put her daughter in control and take over um, 
or take down the city watch. And um, there, it, it was interesting because there was a couple of people that were like on the loyalist side that were like, there was a couple of like side missions where it was like, hey, um, my dad is so-and-so with the city watch, but he's only like, he's easily influenced or whatever. So if you could, um, you know, let him, let him live and then he'll come and work with us or something like that. And so there was a couple of missions like that. And then there was also like some of the optional missions because that was optional. You could have helped the, the girl's father or not. Um, there was other optional ones that were like, oh, well, your main objective is to deal with this person. But there's a optional way you can do it lethally or non-lethally. So like the one with the Pendleton brothers, I did that the non-lethal way, which I felt was like, I, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> did you do those, Trevor? Um, I don't think I did that one. You know um, what it is, right? Yeah, that's the one where you have to go into the room. Hold on, what's the non... Cause, okay, so the non-lethal way for that, is that where you have to get the code for Slackjaw and then... Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, that's the way I did it. Okay, yeah, so, like, it, it's really, like, it's cool. Because, like, so you go into this first city and then there's two groups. There's, like... Uh, Granny, who's this old lady, she seems to have some type of mental thing going on, but she has abilities, and she talks to you really uh, strangely. And then there's these thugs that have been harassing her and trying to like get into her house. And um, she's like, "I want you to deal with these these chumps or whatever." So you deal with them, and then she gives you a reward. She's like, "I have more for you if you help me out again." And it's like, "Cool, yeah." And then like, so there's one where you can. Uh, Basically, you could end up poisoning the thugs' beer, and it, like, turns them all into weepers, and the thugs are the people that work with Slackjaw. And it's really cool, because later on, like, you have a mission to deal with Slackjaw, because you, you need some help um, uh, getting into this uh, brothel, and so you have to go to Slackjaw, and he's like, I need help. Uh, somebody's been poisoning my, my crew's beer. I need to figure out who's doing this, or something like that. And, like, you could kind of frame an entirely different group of people on the thing that you did in order to get his help for that mission. And I thought that was really cool. And then uh, later on, like Greg was saying, uh, you have to take out these two Pendleton brothers. And um, they're at the brothel. And if you give Slackjaw the the combination of the safe, he can... um, He's like, if you give me the combination for this guy that I've been trying to steal from... Then I will deal with these brothers, and they'll, they'll they won't die, but they'll never be a problem again. And you're, I'm like, cool, let's do that. And then what he ends up doing is he kidnaps them. He like shaves their heads, cuts their tongue out, and then uh, he sends them to work in the mines. <laughs> and like it's cool, like or not cool, but like it's just like these are these two wealthy aristocrat people that have made a lot of people's lives living hells, and now. They're they're still alive. You didn't kill them, and now they're going to be stuck toiling away doing the thing that they've been forcing other people to do on their behalf for so long. So it's like a like a, a nice justice, I guess you could say. And there there's a couple of different uh, options uh, in the game where you can do like a optional thing, and a lot of, like I think that one was my favorite one. But there have been a couple other ones where it's like mwah, like just the the uh, being able to. Get, Give somebody their just desserts, almost in a sense. Um, I, I don't really know what else. Uh, do you guys have anything else? 
Nah, I mean, I don't want to talk. I, I don't want to talk about this game story beat to story beat or anything like that. So I feel like um, if anything, we can like talk about some of our favorite, maybe favorite level, least favorite level, and favorite moment, and then wrap it up. That's all yeah. I had. Um. <laughs> Well, I guess the the other question I, I did have towards the end would be like, I guess we could say it for the end was like, what ending did everybody get? Or I guess you don't have to say whether it was the uh, the high or low chaos, but I guess you could just say that rather than explain what happened. Maybe. What ending did you have? I think it was the low chaos one because I mean I don't want to because I don't want to spoil it for anybody who wants to play it, but. I think it was a low chaos one, just based off of what I was seeing happen. Okay. I didn't go look it up to verify that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. What about you, Trevor? Um, so I actually didn't see my ending. I still have like two chapters to go. <gasps> so I plan on finishing them, just because I've gotten this far in the game, and I actually watched the gameplay just to see, you know, what else happens throughout it, and it's most likely different than what my playthrough will end with um so i do want to finish it but um but i was going for low chaos i'm not sure i'll get low chaos by the end of it i had the high chaos ending and what it looks like is there's there's a good ending an evil ending and then there's also a um it's like so with the high chaos, there's a evil ending, and with low chaos, there's a good ending. But you could also still have something happen in the high chaos that would happen in the low chaos, which I did have happen. So, I had the bad... I had a... Uh, okay, I had a okay evil ending. <laughs> and not the bad evil ending. One thing I also read was that in order to connect this game to the sequel... They just created like a canonical ending. That makes sense. That makes sense. Just having like this is the one that actually. Yeah, this happens. is this yeah. is how it how it ends. And yeah, because from the looks of it, the, the the bad evil ending is the one that they probably <laughs> got rid of. <laughs> so yeah, oh, that makes sense. Um, did you guys have any? Standout levels, good or bad, good and bad. Yes. Mm, the one and I can't remember the specifics, but it was you had to go back to. Um, oh God, where is it? You had to go back to the tower, and once you go there, um, the return to the tower mission. That might be it. I'm thinking of one. Well, what you have to do basically is like. Uh, you got to get to a loudspeaker, and then from there you can either, uh, I think you can either send the message yourself, or you can talk oh, to the guy. yeah, the radio yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that mission was super fun. Um, just because it also introduces uh, an enemy that can, uh, that plays this, uh, I don't know what you would call it. Boombox. He plays this instrument. <laughs> yeah, he plays it, and you can't use your powers around him. And so I thought, I was like, man, that's actually kind of cool because it takes it in a way that you've gotten super comfortable using it, you know, throughout the game. Um, so, yeah, that that was probably, like, my favorite mission. Okay, what about your least favorite? Mm, I don't know, man. I don't think I have a least favorite. I guess I didn't enjoy the early parts of the game when I was limited with, like, 
what I had access to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think there was anything in particular where I just actually okay. I take that back. Um, as soon as you uh, get abducted by the uh, the, the group of the uh, assassins, assassins mm-hmm. yeah, like that little section of the game, I didn't really like that much until I started getting my uh, once I got my uh, tools back. Uh, then it wasn't that bad, but yeah, without that, I guess any part where you don't have access to a lot of your stuff is just kind of mm-hmm. kind of whack to me. What about you, Trevor? Um, my f- uh, favorite mission was definitely the party. The, oh, Lady Boyle's last party. Yeah. Okay, uh, oh, that was kind of cool too. Yeah, I forgot. So I want to talk about that one, but you go ahead. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, we'll talk about it. Uh, I'll just go into my my least favorite. Um. Let me see. I don't know. It was probably one of the earlier ones. Just because you're getting used to using your equipment and your abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was probably where I made the most mistakes. And like I said before, you know, in this game, everything you do affects your gameplay down the line. Sure, sure. So... Um, like just trying to get used to my abilities and everything and making mistakes like that was probably my least favorite part of the game Um, at least with combat not necessarily like anything else Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't know I would just say like the earlier part of the game there wasn't a specific level that I absolutely hated I think so wait how many how many levels did you play? So I'm looking at the um, the walkthrough or the uh-huh. the guide, and I got to return to the tower. You haven't beaten that one, then. right? Okay, okay. Um, so for me, I think my favorite levels were either the brothel level, just because I really like the ending and I like being in that uh, setting. Or the uh, the party one, but the issue with me with the party one was um, I did everything outside like the non bad way, but I guess because my chaos was so high, as soon as I walked into the party, everybody freaked out and I just got attacked. <laughs> wow! Like like I didn't even have my sword out, and but because my chaos from the earlier levels, so like I like everybody all the the city uh, watch in the building came down to the first floor to fight me so <laughs> I literally like I killed like there was like 20 of them and what like they all came and fought me and after that it was just like oh well I really there's no sneaking around anymore so I literally I killed everybody in the building <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad because I wanted to do the I wanted to do the mission and like because in that mission you had there's like three sisters one of them is supposedly the mistress of the um, Lord Regent that you're trying to take down, but they're and they're all dressed identically except the, for the color of their the dress. Mask so party, a, a masquerade. Yeah, yeah. So there's a red one, a white one, and a black one. They're wearing identical dresses, um, just the color is different. You need to figure out which one is the the mistress. Well, for me, like I wanted to do that, but then as soon as I walked into the building, I just got. Super aggro on everybody, so then I was just like, "Damn, it doesn't matter. I might as well just kill everybody." And I did. 
Um, and probably my, my least favorite level was probably what Greg said. The, like, I think it's called the Flooded District. That level had a bunch of uh, assassins and uh, weepers and those uh, like weird clamshell enemies. Um, and I just didn't like that level. I also didn't like the level... Um, uh, the one... The Royal Physician one. The one where you're on that bridge with the big tower in the middle. I think I know what you're talking about. It just was like a super long level, and I, I had to backtrack a bunch on that level because I was trying to find the safe combination. And just going back and forth on that level was just super time-consuming, so I didn't really care for it. But other than that, I dug every other level. Um, and what was your guys' favorite moment in the game? I think for me was probably that the Slackjaw one where Slackjaw and uh, with uh, the Pendleton brothers. Um, for me, the only one that stands out for me is super weird. Is so at that party um, before you go on that mission, uh, one of the guys uh, gives you a note to go take to uh, take to someone at the party, and then you go bring it to him. And and then he says something. I forget what it is. And then uh, next thing you know, uh, he just opens up a case with a gun, and he's just like, "All right, let's." Have oh a yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Just not like, hold on, what? The duel. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, huh? How did I get into this? Like, all right. <laughs> I forgot about that. That part was. You know what? That was probably my favorite moment of the game, too. The duel? Yeah. Because I think what happened was you have to deliver a message, and the guy says some slick shit about your friend. Yeah. And it's just like, nah, homie. We got to do this now. It was it was on site. Yeah. I like doing stuff with... Uh, like It's weird because they're like... One of the things that I was reading and I, I agreed with is that the characters in the game, like you're the supporting characters... They're not really, like, memorable, you know? Like, I think, like, I liked Slackjaw. He was he was cool. But, like, I, I, I if you would have told me there's a character in this game that upgrades your abilities and everything, I would think he'd be really cool. But Piero didn't seem to really have a personality, right? And a lot of the, the loyalists, I think the only ones that really did were Sam, who's the, the, the old sailor that was rowing the boat for you. Mm-hmm. And I think Callista, who was like the, the one of the girls that worked with the loyalists, and then but all the like the Pendleton, he didn't really have like a personality like that much. Um, neither did um, Martin or uh, Havelock. And same thing with uh, on the city watch side, I, the overseer Campbell and Burroughs, and none of those people really had a personality. Even uh, Elizabeth, the girl you were saving, didn't really have a. Or it's not Elizabeth, Emily. Got that Bioshock mix-up. But uh, even Emily didn't really have much of a personality. It's like Granny and Slackjaw for me. Really. Was she voiced by Hit Girl? I, I saw that she was know. one of the voice actors in this game. I'm not sure. Um, what's her name? Um, I just searched it too. Chloe... Chloe Moritz? Yeah. Moritz? She I have no Chloe? idea. She probably... I'm assuming Chloe Moritz was the voice of uh, um, Emily. I'm, I'm willing to bet. What do you think? 
Yep. Man, I called it. Yeah, Granny was... She was a trip, too. Like, did you do the um, Slackjaw Granny thing at the end, Greg? Yeah, who, at who, first... Who'd you side with? At first, I was thinking about uh, siding with the Granny, but then I thought about it. I was like, this is kind of weird. <laughs> like, I don't... I mean, you know what? Let me, uh, I'm gonna just go ahead and, uh, try and help my boy Slagjaw out. Yeah. Same, same. Uh, did you end up finding a bunch of runes? I, 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 I think I tried to get every single one that I could. Uh, I would get them if it wasn't too hard to get to or whatever, um, but I wouldn't say I was, like, going, I wasn't going for all of them, but I felt like I had... I had gotten enough to get what I wanted. There's, there's some. I think the only other ability I wanted to get was the, uh, the time stop level two, but that was like eight runes, so Ooh. I didn't get that. But, um, but yeah, outside of that, I mean, I think I got enough to get the the powers I wanted and stuff, so I was cool. Yeah, I, I spe- specifically went out of my way to try to get them all. Um, I think in my playthrough, I think I only missed. It looks like I missed four. Um, so I pretty, but I was able to get everything that I wanted for the most part. It would have been nice to be able to like, I think I had every ability except for, uh, the rat one, the, um, devouring swarm, but I mean, everything that I wanted to be leveled up, I was like level two in everything except for the bin time. So, but like you said, it was stupid expensive. Um, you guys got anything else? No. Nah. I think that's it. Great game, great experience, Trevor? Um, yeah. I would say this is a great game, great experience. You say you do plan on finishing it, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it took me... I think I last played this game in 2014. So it's it's taken me, what, six years to get this far into it? I might as well finish it. Yeah, might as well. Um, are you, Do you have any in goal or intention of uh, playing the second one? Mm, I'll just see, see how the ending goes. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Greg? Great game, great experience? Yeah, definitely a great game, great experience. And you said you have already did start um, uh, the second one? Yeah, I'm only like an hour and a half into the second one. But yeah, like I, um, I finished it uh, yesterday and then I sat there for a little bit. I was like, man, that was pretty good. And then I realized I forgot I even had the second one. I was like, oh, I had the second one? All right, well, let's go ahead and start that up. So I started that up today. Gotcha. Um, well, yeah, this great game, great experience for me. Like I said, this is this is my favorite game we've played this year so far. And this is probably, like, one of my favorite games that we've probably played on the show. Um, I'm sorry if I it didn't come across. Like, I, it's kind, sometimes it's kind of hard to talk about. I don't know. This game was a little bit hard to talk about I guess I don't know um really cool I really like the verticality in this game and just I like that like you guys talked about this game like it's a stealth game and like I was able to play it completely differently and this this game is great (laughs) and I and I do intend to play the second game I don't have it but I will gladly try to figure out what I want to pick it up on because I played this on 360 is there any like um uh, it doesn't carry over any of your decisions or anything from the, from the first game, does it, Greg? No, no. Okay. All right, then, yeah, it doesn't really matter what console I get it on. So, yeah, I will definitely be picking this game up and playing it. The second one, anyways. Um, where can people find you at, Greg? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Boombox Hero, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash magnegro with a zero instead of O at the end, and on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash C slash magnegro. And where can people find you at, Trevor? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and everywhere else at Lyric Unsung. And you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at Potato Salad. Um, next game we got is my game, and it's going to be Kentucky Route Zero for the month of July. I already hit up uh, Jonas for that one, so he'll be a guest with us on that game. Um, do we have anything else? Do, do we have a, another bonus game plan, Trevor? Uh, we do. Uh, do you want to try to record next week? I don't think it's a particularly long game. I mean, we can try to. What's what's the game? Um, it's got him. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think we were gonna say it. Like. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, with this quarantine, quarantine we've, we've had some time to like knock out. I, I didn't go into this year saying we're gonna do as many bonuses last year, but shoot, all this free time ain't doing nothing else. <laughs> Might as well. I've actually been playing. Um, some of the older Pokemon games. Mm. Trying to get some legendaries. Gotcha. Um, well, you guys got anything else? Alright, well with that, we're missed checkpoints and we're out. Peace.